Welcome. My name is Lee Maxey. I'm the CEO here at MindMax, and we do a series of podcasts we call Mind Maxing. And this series is called Reflections and Repositioning. And if you're wondering how higher education is dealing with the global pandemic and their positioning for the future, this podcast is for you. We'll be speaking with some very interesting and smart people who are deans and directors at some of the leading institutions in the United States, hearing about their reflections and how their institutions or how they see higher ed as a whole repositioning itself for the future. So please join me as we hear from one of our interesting guests. I've got the pleasure of, of uh, being in conversation here with Kathleen Ehlers from Fisher College. Uh, I've known Kathleen for at least six, seven, maybe eight years, and, and uh, uh, she is one of the you know, most optimistic people I know in higher ed and, and always has a, a glass at least half full idea around how things are going and, and where things could potentially go. Um, I've enjoyed... Uh, her positive out, uh, outlook on things, and, and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, some of Kathleen's thoughts today on uh, where we've been in 2020, uh, where things are right now in higher ed, and, and where, uh, where she thinks things may, may be going in the, in the further, further future. So uh, first of all, I just want to do a quick introduction. Kathleen uh, is the Vice President for Online uh, graduate and professional education at Fisher College. Um, she's been there, I think now, was it is it a year and a half, I believe, two years? Yep, almost two years. Two years, yep. And um, she's been, you know, taking the world by storm. So I'm really glad to be here with Kathleen. And, and I'll start with, um, you know, just asking, what are some of your thoughts? 2020 has been a crazy year by all measures, or many measures anyway. Um, so just like you to reflect on, on the year. And, and if you have, you know, some thoughts uh, around, you know, looking backwards, you know, 10, 11, 12 months, um, whether it's personal, professional, global, higher ed, what are some of, uh, some of your thoughts? Well, thank you first and foremost, Lee, for inviting me to be part of Mind Maxing. Um, I think this is exciting and I can't wait to see what others' responses are as well. For me, 2020, uh, it's funny because in 1991, 29 years ago, I started in a small admissions office in a school system that no longer exists. And I kept thinking things were difficult back then. And my God, this past year has been unlike any other year in higher education. Um, you know, and, and the optimism for me has always been with the... Um, <laughs> With the support of data metrics, looking at what's possible, what's not possible, that's really where my optimism comes from. And so part of that, and most of it was 
taken away last year because it's the worst possible year we could try to forecast. There is no metric. There is no template for this. Um, and for the first time in higher education, we really, really were asking the question that we all should be asking along the way, but that is what is in the best interest of the student? And now that question goes beyond academically and it goes to their personal safety and it goes to whether we should be having them in the classroom. Should we go online? We're making you know, all of these decisions for uh, large groups of students that are high need. And it's just very, very difficult to, you know, to be comfortable closing your eyes at night, making sure that you've made the right one for the majority of those folks. So I think, um, you know, some introspection for me has been, it's, you know, it's been the hardest year to be able to truly help students exactly the way they need to be helped because of the pandemic and everything else going on. I think uh, we're in a little bit of a Maslowian moment uh, in the sense that, you know, even before the pandemic, I, I've been aware of the, of the housing and, and food insecurity that people have had. Um, you know, the personal safety, both physical and uh, emotional, I think has been a, a big uh, strain this year. Um, you know, and it's very hard to look out for for, for that. That's you know, that's something we kind of take for granted often, uh, thinking that, you know, we're going to be safe when we go to school and so forth. So. Absolutely. So, so the, um, you've had, you know, 11 months of, of, you know, tremendous agility. And, and I know <laughs> we, we talk all the time and, and, you know, I know you've been trying to configure and adjust and, and modify and, and to provide, you know, uh, what students and what your students need. Um, but after, you know, a year of, of, I'll call it correcting and compensating and ideating, um, where do you think we are now? And where do you think, uh, you know, things are going in the near term um, in terms of what's, what's currently going on? Um, well, I'll answer this specifically for Fisher College for where we are first. Um, and I will say that we spend a lot of time talking about just this exact subject. What do we see moving forward? For, um, for the online graduate professional studies division, honestly, in the near term, the, the major focus for us is retention. The pool of candidates on the front end is becoming smaller and smaller. We all know that the high school graduate numbers are dipping. There are some states that are higher than others, but overall, the pool of candidates for all of us to recruit is becoming more and more limited. So we can't look at net revenue in just one way with front-end enrollment. We absolutely have to start looking at it a lot um, with a lot more, more of a microscopic, microscopic look on retention. It is far less expensive. With all due respect to MindMax, it is far less expensive to spend marketing dollars on the front end and just keep the folks that we already have. <laughs> So for us, for this division, it really is all about ramping up engagement with the existing students, making sure that they feel like they are supported. Um, the online world for sure is not for everybody, but for the ones that are there, it is our responsibility to make sure that we are supporting them in the best way possible for their academic journey. And and you you know that I always talk about putting 
a plug in the hole in the bucket before you try to fill the bucket. So oh, yeah. I'm, I'm oh, a yeah. 100% behind you on, on persistence and retention. Is Absolutely. Really where almost all, all schools should be focusing on first prior to, uh, to increasing. Um, <clears throat> so in, in terms of that, uh, do you see yourself trying to serve different populations, provide different things? Uh, what, what does that mean? Uh, um, in terms of you know whether you're addressing the persistence or or that smaller um, market of of potential students, uh, what what do you see for for you or for Fisher? I see um, to be able. First of all, I mean the first is is holding on to the students that we have right now. But the other is, you know, word of mouth travels fast. If a student has a good experience, good students refer good students. And that's where we, as Fisher College, being here since 1903, we really are a staple in Boston. We're a small back bay school, but we provide a great education and a great service. And I really feel like getting far more engaged with students in terms of stepping into what those barriers are for to education, even if it's online, if it's commute, whatever that is, there are so many different barriers these days than there were 20 years ago. And as time's gone on, it's funny because from 1990 to 2000, I felt like things in higher education moved were moving fairly quickly. Now things are moving in a shorter span of time and, and changing more rapidly. And, and understandably so, because technology over the years has changed how we do business. So part of, you know, part of this retention, part of um, part of the plan is utilizing technology to become more efficient, to have access to other student profiles that we don't service right now. And so we do have a really high need population, but we also have really great grad programs and we have a great array of undergraduate programs that we could attract a uh, different student profile, several different student profiles. It just ha doesn't have to be one and done. Mm -hmm. But as you think about much longer term, you know, the fiscal 2022 and and maybe even further than that, um, you know, this is a, uh, I, I've been writing about and talking about this COVID pandemic has been uh, catalyzing and accelerating a lot of things that were already in process, but but have moved, moved forward uh, faster than all of us anticipated. Uh, what, sure. what are some of the things you see in the longer term future as, as happening or think about in the longer term future as happening? I think that um, this is going to change the way COVID, the pandemic is going to, by default, change the way we recruit students because we have now shown that full admissions departments can basically work remote and be able to do the job that they were doing sitting in a commercial space. But it also, we have, we have with, you know, with new generations that come in and we're hiring, we also have far more savvy, computer savvy people that um, on our teams that are able to better access technologies to get to all of these new student profiles. So I guess I look at it as if, you know, for us, the technology for efficiency in the in the in the future is going to be key. Um, digital marketing. I mean, again, we talk about this all the time. Um, you know, taking 
the leads, the applications, the um, lookalike audiences, taking all of that data and seeing what is, you know, the student for us at the end of the student life cycle, where did that student, the graduate come from? What lead pool did they come from? Being able to look at the full life cycle and then backing into how we got them to begin with and then mapping out exactly where the barriers are along the way in their academic journey so that we can now start taking those barriers out and being far more attractive referral wise, like I mentioned in the very beginning, and students are talking about, wow, when I went to Fisher, you know, not only did I talk to somebody on the front end, but the whole way they held my hand to make sure that I made it through. Um, That type of support is really what's going to put us on the map as a value added institution that students will feel, again, not just safe physically, but supported emotionally um, and supported in every facet of their, of their, of their journey. So are you thinking along the lines of a coaching slash concierge, uh, more than just an academic advisor, but someone who's navigating uh, challenges outside of the classroom as well? Absolutely. It's, you know, retention for us because of our because of our student profile right now or the majority of our student profile, it really does have to be a holistic approach so that when you have a student to so think about this, um, you know, John Doe, he's an online student. He, he prefers to be online. So emails preferable. They, you know, most students that are online, they don't really want to talk on the phone. So it makes it that much more difficult to connect. But the one place they do connect is registering through academic services, all of that. So utilizing those moments of opportunity with those folks to then take that student and say, okay, not only are we going to talk about you um, needing to pick up these two classes this term, but let's talk a little bit about what else is going on. You've got X amount of classes left until you graduate. Anything you see there that would prevent you from finishing your education? Let's talk about that now. Let's prepare for it. It's those meaningful conversations are really, really important. Um, Quick story. It was probably about five or six years ago. I had a conversation with a valedictorian that was graduating from a college that I was working at. And she, um, we were talking about her speech and there was a part of her speech that was a little bit, um, I should say, we weren't sure if we should keep it in her in her speech, but the reason why it was really important is she was identifying the fact that the reason she stayed in school is that when she walked down the hallway, there was probably three out of the five days a week she was walking down the hallway wondering if she would ever come back. One day, two days, three days. She's like, I would leave school and just say, I don't know how much longer I can do this with work, with my kids, all of those things. And she said, but then somebody would come out of their office and say, hey, how's it going today? Is there anything I can help you with? What's going on? And she's like, and that smile, that attention made a huge difference in my own personal progress. And that stayed with me. That engagement just really stayed with me to say, it is our responsibility sometimes to be the coach, the champion, because sometimes the students that we have, they wear all they have. They wear all they have. They don't go home to a big family encouraging them and helping them. They come to our campus or they come to our classroom, and that's that's who they look at as their support system. I think kindness can be underestimated a lot of times, and I think we're at a time when kindness right now can can go a long way. So. 
Absolutely. A great story. Yeah. Yeah. As you think about, you know, where we are, where we've been, where we're headed, um, just some closing, what are some closing thoughts that you have or, or thoughts of, of uh, additional thoughts that you have? I think that um, the pandemic has pushed us to open up avenues in higher education that we probably would have haven't opened up for at least 10 to 15 years. I think it's pushing, like I said, the technology. I think it's getting us out of what we consider our comfort zone. And I say that because um, I've worked in for-profit, I worked in nonprofit, I've worked for an immigrant resettlement organization, you know, I've worked with all student profiles, I really have. And so, um, you know, I know this sounds like a terrible thing to say, but in the for-profit industry, they did a lot, a lot of things bad. But the one thing that they did really good was accountability of outcomes. And so we are now becoming a lot more serious about, you know, looking back and saying, you know, did we do a good job? You know, did we do a good job with, you know, these students? Did we? And and I can say unequivocally, we do a good job, but everybody can be better. And so that's what we're looking at now is how can we be better? And that's how I and that's how we measure success, not against other institutions, but are we better today and this year than we were last year? And that's what counts. <laughs> well, great, uh, Kathleen. I want to thank you very much. Um, this is great. And uh, I'm sure people will be very interested in, in your thoughts and, and uh, <laughs> look, forward to, look forward to chatting with you again soon. So thank, thank you. you, Lee. Thank you for the time. And um, thank you for the opportunity to participate. This has been another interesting Mind Maxing podcast. Please listen to the other podcasts on this series or look for us later this summer when we release our next series of podcasts.